So, I'm going to talk about the plague. The plague stopped. The plague stopped. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. We stand on the wings of prophecy this morning. Because that's what we are called for in the nation. We stand on the wings of prophecy and release the sounds of healing and the sound of restoration. It's no wonder if God called the ministry divine restoration. Because when it's broken, it needs restoration. And now that we are at a place of brokenness, the voice of hope and restoration need to be heard in the country. Now, I started to tell you in the morning the realities in the spirit. And it sounds harsh. But you know, if you don't diagnose the thing right, you cannot treat it. Hallelujah. So if you don't want, if you refuse to do a proper spiritual diagnose, you will not have a proper spiritual answer. I know when it happened, people were quick to say that we must just pray. And I realized it's not just prayer. No, it's not just saying things. It's to speak the heart of God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, I think Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. I want to go there, verse 20, if I'm not mistaken it. Hebrews. Hebrews 13. I want to go to verse 20. Hallelujah. Let, let, yeah, it said, now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, verse 21, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Now, the blood of a covenant of Jesus Christ not only separates us, but enables God to work in us what is pleasing unto him. So, I'm saying that you cannot pray what is pleasing unto God unless you know the heart of God. You cannot properly intercede unless you know the heart of God. So I'm praying this morning that God may work in us what is pleasing unto him. God may impart in us what is pleasing unto him. Now let me go back to the topic of today. Numbers, we're reading in the book of Numbers, chapter number 16. We'll read from verse, verse 41 to 50. Let's go there. Numbers 16. Number 16, we're going to read from 41 to 50. It says, on the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. Now it happened, when the congregation has gathered against Moses and Aaron, that they turned toward the 
the tabernacle of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them, for the wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. And he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. Now, those who died in the plague were 14,700, besides those who died in the Korah incident. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are talking about the rebellion of Korah and Dathan. The Bible says that in, the time, in those days, the people of God rebelled against Moses. And God decided to send a plague to kill them. The Bible says that they were saying to Moses that you have killed the people of God. And they stood against Moses and Aaron. And you see the Bible says that when they turned toward the tabernacle, the, gold, the glory of God appeared on the tabernacle. And that glory that appeared was not a glory to bless them, it was a glory for judgment. When the glory of God appeared, the plague started. Because God said to Moses, leave these people, I'm going to enter judgment with them. Against them. Moses and Aaron became the intercessor for the people that grumbled against them. Now, we're getting down to this. That yes, yes, the country has gone astray. Yes, Governing authorities have involved themselves into things that they shouldn't. Yes, we all know about the cases of corruption. But yet we are children of God in the nation. And we have a word from the Lord that God said he will not destroy the righteous and the wicked together. Remember in the book of Genesis chapter number 18, when God was set to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says Abraham interceded, and Abraham said to God, are you going to destroy the righteous and the ungodly together? And Abraham was challenging God in a way that asking him, if there are 50, will you do it? And they came down to 10, and God said, if there is 10, I will not destroy it. So Abraham understood that God does not destroy a nation when there are righteous people in the nation. Hallelujah. So what is the position of a church? The position of a church is a voice of intercession. You see, the position of a church is not the position of judgment, but intercession. And the church needs to stand between the living and the dead. Hallelujah. So this is the opportunity for the church to arise and take its place in this nation. The Bible says that Moses said to Aaron, take the golden, let, let's go over numbers, I don't want to just uh, 
Numbers 16, I want to go back and show you to where I am. Number 16, 41. Okay. Verse 46. Verse Moses said to Aaron, take your censer and put incense on it, along with a burning coal from the altar, and hurry to the assembly to make atonement for them. The wrath of God, the, the wrath has come out from the Lord. The plague has started. Moses said to Aaron, we can stop this. But there is a way to stop it. He said, take your censer and put incense on it with burning coal and make atonement. Make atonement. This is a very important thing. He said, take your censer, put incense on it and make atonement for the people. Because Moses understood that although they grumbled against him, these are still people that God made. These are still people that God has a heart for. And God is looking for somebody that will stand in the gap for them. And listen, the element that they took were very important element. He talks about the censer. He talks about the incense. What are these representing? What are these representing? Let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 5, verse 8 to 10. Revelation 5, 8 to 10. And let's read from there. Revelation 5, 8 to 10. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell, Revelation 5, verse 8, yes, fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp, a golden bowl, full of incense, which are the prayer of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and every tongue and people and nation, and have made us king and priest to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah. Now, Revelation chapter number 5, verse 8 to 10 tells us something. It says the incense, the golden, the incense that he's talking about is a prayer of the saints. So when Moses instructed Aaron to take the incense, Aaron was made an intercessor. Remember, the, the, the priest fulfilled the mission of an, an intercessor, standing between God and the people. So Moses said to Aaron, the only thing that can stop the plague is the intercession that will come for you. Not, not the intercession, intercession of judgment, but the intercession of mercy. Saying to God, have mercy, O Lord, on your people. Hallelujah. Incense represents also worship. So what can flatten the curve? We're talking about the curve of corona. Now it's a curve of violence. What can flatten the curve of this violence that it will not pop up again is the incense of worship that can be released in the nation. Therefore, the worship we are talking about is not the band. The band is there just for a moment. But the worship we are talking about is the people becoming the house of God wherever they are. Bringing out of their heart 
the worship from God, wherever they are, filling the atmosphere with songs of worship and praise, doing everything in worship to God. The way they do work, the way they talk to people, the way they handle people, let it be an instance of worship unto God. Look, Revelation chapter number 5, verse 8, verse 9 says, and they sang a song. So the singing of a song was connected to the incense. And what was the song? Magnifying God. So if we are going to see a turn in the nation, we need to magnify and elevate the name of God wherever we go. We need to bring that incense wherever we go. The heartbeat of praising, filling the atmosphere with the praise of God. Remember, everything that happened now, the blood went to the earth. You need to know that. And we need to be prophetic. This blood that was shed in South Africa went to the ground. And that what happened in the time of Cain and Abel. When the blood went to the ground, the blood started to speak. And the blood was screaming, vengeance, vengeance. And Jesus came to the cross. When he was crucified, his blood fell to the ground. And the same ground that was bringing vengeance turned its voice and pleaded mercy because of the blood of Jesus. So there is a blood that has gone through the earth of South Africa that is screaming vengeance. But today we are here to bring a sound. To bring a sound that will penetrate the earth that will scream mercy over South Africa. So we are here to overturn what happened the weekend. Hallelujah. We are here to wash the nation. We wash it through the word of God and we wash it through our worship and praise. The incense. The incense. Today we have a bowl, the golden incense in our hands. And, and he says something. He says you have made them a, a nation of priests, of king and priests. What is the function of a king and priest? The king makes decrees and the priest intercedes. So we have the, 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 the double function within us. We are made king and priest. You know, sometimes we forget our priesthood. We only relate to our kingship. That's why you will see, you are taught about declaring, 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 declaring. That's a kingship. But the priesthood is neglected. The priesthood has been neglected in the house. The priesthood that brings the incense to God. The priesthood that brings worship unto God. The priesthood that brings intercession unto God has been neglected. And we need to go back to that very thing. Going back to the priesthood. So I don't know. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. Maybe you have a tambourine. Maybe you have a guitar. Maybe you have a whatever you are. Make a sound wherever you are. Make music wherever you are. You will think I'm just playing in my room, but you don't understand that your voice is carried by angel in the atmosphere. So the angel cannot diffuse the fragrance of God in the country if they don't receive it from somewhere. They need to receive it from an altar. I say they need to receive it from an altar. You see, let me tell you something about altar. Altar are not created with one event. No. No, 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 no. Altar are created with repetition. That's where altar are created. 
So there can't be an accident here and they say, oh, there was an altar that's created. No, no, no. No, it does not work like that. Because when something repeats itself, it attracts the spirits. Yes. Spirits are attracted by patterns. That's why if you fall in sin once, it does not do anything. You repent and you go. But when you start to do it over and over, a demon comes to visit the place and says, there is something attracting me here. So if we can sing once and go home, we haven't created any altar yet. Ah. The moment it starts to become an habit, and, and we start to, that's why Bible says, God tabernacle in the midst of our places. Tabernacle means to dwell. So God will not dwell with just one praise habit. He dwells when the praise becomes a pattern, when it becomes a, a continual habit. Then it attracts spirit. Yes. That's why in the book of Genesis, you will realize that when Jacob went and lied down in Bethel, the Bible said he saw a ladder. And that ladder was standing between heaven and earth. And the angel of God were ascending and descending. Not descending and ascending. Ascending and descending. It means that the activity started on earth. What started that activity? It was the altars that Abraham built when he was there. So Abraham built an altar, and that altar attracted angels. That's why when you sacrifice animals, and you kill animals, and you say you are offering them uh, to the dead, what you don't understand is that the pattern creates an altar. And that altar attracts spirit. And because what you did, you didn't dedicate it unto God, it will attract demons. People don't understand. When we talk about that, they think you are insulting our culture. No, it's not about insulting our culture. Because what you are sacrificing will attack the spirit. Are you sure that when you slaughter a goat, it's attacking God? If it's not attracting God, it's attracting another spirit. And those spirits that it's attracting are opposite of angels. So we call them demons. So it's not an insult. We are stating a reality in the spirit. And the church needs to construct an altar. Oh, my God. The church needs to construct an altar, a corporate altar, but an individual altar. So you cannot say you are a worshiper and you just sing at church and it's finished. No. You need to create an altar in your home so that there may be angelic activities wherever you go. You can create an altar of worship in your workplace, an altar of worship in your school, an altar of worship wherever you are. That's why God gave you the grace. So you need to open your window today when you go. Open your window to the north. <laughs> and do like Daniel. They say free time. They all say, Daniel free time prayed. Why didn't you pray one time? Why do you think Jesus prayed free time? Why didn't you pray one time? Because the repetition of the action creates an altar. Yes. 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 And the altar becomes an entry point. Ah. It becomes it become an entry and an exit point. So that spirit enter and exit from that place. So we need to know that, hmm, that the violence that you saw last week is not just a violence that happened by accident. Remember, there was the killing of foreigners. We didn't take care of that. There were killing of people, there were a lot of killings. Some people, we saw it on the internet, some people were cut open. And the blood went into the ground. And it was just like not a major element. 
But remember our history as South Africans. Remember how many times people have been killed, 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 killed. For polity, it was, it was building up and now it's creating an altar that is screaming. Oh, we need to reverse that. I said we need to reverse that. So the Lord brought you into this place for a time such as this. I say you are ordained for a time such as this. It's time for you to reverse what your forefathers did. It's time for you to reverse what happened before when this country was still under the, 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 under, under, under the dictate of people that kill violently innocent people. You see, we took the freedom and we went in without demolishing those altars. Because how do you demolish the altar? It's not really for prayer. It's for pattern. Yes. So, prayer is very important. Prayer is important. And prayer is, just, is part of it. But prayer is not all of it. Amen? An altar, an altar like the one that was created in South Africa that demands blood, is destroyed, number one, through repentance. Hallelujah. Number two, through reconciliation. Repentance means acknowledging what we have done. Number two, ask for forgiveness to one another. Reconcile with one another. Number three, establish a pattern of godliness. But when we took it, we went into corruption. So we make it worse. Plus the blood, there was no corruption. And now we have hit a portal where we have an opportunity to come back. Because now everybody realizes something is wrong. I say something is wrong. And the church needs to understand that we as people of God, uh, we need to create a pattern that will attract the glory of God in the country. The altar of incense. I say the altar of incense. Hallelujah. You know, I remember when we were young, there was something that was happening. Every time there is a, there is an, a solar, solar eclipse or there is a, 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 we call it blood moon, or there is all this, I remember the children of the suburb where I was saying we'll take, we'll take a spoon and forks and plate and hit it and go around. And we're wondering, why are you doing that every time there is a, a solar eclipse? And they say that they were repelling the evil. So they did it all the time, all the time. And you know, they did it all the time, all the time, all the time. And we didn't know that we were creating a pattern, an altar. We were doing that all the time. Then, after that, <laughs> after that, the other altars started to build up in the country, wrong pattern. And then war broke out, and we didn't know where we war came from. But we didn't know that we were being appealing to those spirits all our lives. Hallelujah. This is not any accident. This didn't happen by mistake. This happened as a result of an invitation. We invited the wrong thing, and the wrong thing came. 
But now we need to invite God in the nation. I said we need to invite God in the nation. We need to invite God. You need to, we need to create that pattern. That's why. That's why. You need to have a habit of prayer. What do you feel about say? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Why, why, did, why does the Bible say pray without ceasing? Because prayer without ceasing establishes an altar. You see, we shouldn't be lazy. Yes. Or sometimes we, st- we start and after two weeks we stop. It's a half altar. A broken altar. So I, I see in the street many, many unfinished altars. Many unfinished altars where, where Christians are on fire for a week. They pray, Rokashina, for a week and then they finish. So where, where, where the devil has gotten us from, I say where, where the devil got us, he got us with weariness. But the Bible said, do not grow weary. <laughs> he said, do not grow weary, for if you don't grow weary and you do good, you shall reap. But he has gotten us the pattern of weariness in a way that we pray just for a week and we are tired. We do things and we stop. And we are weary and we don't know that weariness repels God and attracts the opposite spirit. Consistency. Hallelujah. Consistency and persistency. These are the things in the spirit that will construct an altar. And I'm praying today, and when we talk about altars, uh, the word altar, sometimes people are afraid of because we think we are talking about putting stones in a house and stuff like that. No, that's not. We're talking about a spiritual habit. We're talking about spiritual habits that built up over time. Hallelujah. That's what we are talking about. Don't put rocks there with a picture of somebody. It's not as... <laughs> Let me stop it. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you that, that when you build an altar, human may not see it, but the devil sees it. Yes. Uh-huh. Because remember, when Jacob came to, the, to Bethel, there was nothing physical, physical. He only needed to sleep to enter the spirit before he sees the ladder. So an altar is not necessarily a physical thing. Uh-huh. It's a spiritual pattern that is established on the land that goes into the land, and the land starts to scream out of that altar. You give, listen, when you put an habit on the land, you open a mouth on the ground so that the land can speak out of that mouth. So, so when you put an altar of prayer, even if you are not there, the place is still praying. <laughs> you, you don't understand that one. There's a dimension in which even your absence, in your absence, the place is still screaming. Remember, when Cain killed Abel, Cain was not there anymore. Abel was not there anymore, but this place was still speaking. I, I trust that we'll create patterns in our houses. That even when we go out in the street, devil cannot come home there. Because there, are, there is something that is screaming there that does not give a right for devil to enter. So, 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 people, you are blessed. You that sang this morning, your voices are very beautiful. I wish I had one of them. But, 
But you know what? You know what? God gave you those gifts for a purpose. Yes. God gave you a gift for a purpose. Work at it. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it cheap. Work at it. Because out of that gift, God wants to do something in the earth. God wants to do something in the nation. It takes a man to understand this. It takes a woman of destiny to understand what I'm talking about. That you are not here for a cheap assignment. You are here as a secret agent of the Lord. You are in camouflage. People see you. They don't, when you are at your work, they don't know who you are. But you are a secret agent of the, of the kingdom of God. That, that you are there, but they don't know what is loaded inside of you. Because what is loaded inside of you speaks out of you without you speaking. God said to Joshua, it's only the sole of your foot I need. Or the soles of your feet. He said, you don't need to talk. God, just go walk the land. When you walk, the sole of your feet will claim the land for you. That's all I need from you. See, walk the land. So what God is needing for the body of Christ is not to just go out there and yappy, yappy, yappy. What God is needed for the body of Christ is your presence. Is your presence. But you know, if yourself, you are not living in line with the word of God, how, could your, how can your presence affect something? Hmm. How can your presence affect something? That's why we are not afraid of curses. Yes. That's why we are not afraid of Because we know who we are. And we know whose we are. And we know what is inside of us. And we know that your very presence stops curses. Remember, in Numbers chapter number 16, when Aaron took the incense and the censer, when he went to the land among them, the Bible says the plague stopped. 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 People have already died, but it stopped. And I'm here to proclaim to you, people have already died in South Africa, but that plague is stopping now. In the name of Jesus. The grace of the Lord is overtaking in the name of Jesus. And God is going to raise, to, 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 to raise up a generation. Mm -hmm. A generation of people that understand the combination between, between worship and prayer. A generation of people that will rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David. That will establish a permanent place of worship. That, that will cause heaven to visit earth again. God is looking for such. God is looking for people that will avail themselves and say, Lord, I cannot sing, but I can play. Lord, I cannot play, but I can sing. Lord, I cannot sing, I cannot play, but I can walk in righteousness. Father, here I am. Use me. Here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. And you're going to see a turnaround in the nation. Yes, a turnaround in the nation. We need not to walk by sight this morning, but to walk by faith. We need not to walk by the impact of a distraction, but to walk by the knowledge of what God is about to do with the situation. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says that in the beginning when God uh, created everything, in, the, in, my, in my Bible, in the book of Genesis, chapter number one, the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, and then it carries on to say that the earth was void and, uh, and, and, and chaotic, and the Bible says that, that darkness covered the earth. And the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the deep. Let me tell you something, that when there is chaos, it's a potential uh, for, for greatness. Listen, listen. Chaos is a material for greatness. And I believe that, that what has happened, what the devil meant for evil, God is turning it for our good. I believe that it's now that the prophetic voices need to arise in South Africa and decree the mind of God over things that have happened. But the prophetic and the worship and the intercessor may work together. That's what we are doing this morning. The intercession, the, the prophetic mixed with the intercessory worship and the prophetic worship, the voice of the prophetic is combining together to create what we call a dynamic that we call the apostolic. Hallelujah. So we have come to this place and we declare that the nation is healed. Ah. We declare that the wounds, the wounds that were open are being closed by the grace and mercy. That's why we scream the voice of mercy because mercy overrides judgment. Remember that the end of judgment is mercy. So we understand that through the prophetic, we can stand like Moses and Aaron with a golden censer and, and say to the Lord, remember your people, O Lord. Remember this nation, O Lord. Remember that you spoke upon this nation. Remember your mercy. Do not look at the division. Father, forgive the division among us as church. But Lord, we, we stand today as a voice and we say, Lord, have mercy. Do not remember the sins of my youth, but remember your mercy for they are from old. Lord, my iniquity is before you, and I'm, remem I'm reminded daily of my shortcomings. But I look at the cross, and the cross is screaming mercy over me. And I say, Lord, remember your mercy, and in mercy you shall visit the nation. In mercy. In mercy. In mercy. When when the parliament is taking laws that are against, against the, rules of, in the, the rules of engagement in the world, the body of Christ shouldn't be quiet. You should speak the voice of mercy because that voice of mercy will be right, the voice of wickedness. Mercy. Mercy. I say mercy. Mercy. Today God is turning you into a living altar. Yes. You should understand that, that there are, there are altars that are places, but there are altars that are human beings. Yes, yes, we've seen it in the Bible. Remember, I told you about, Joseph, uh, about, about uh, Jacob that slept in Bethel, and the uh, Bible said that he saw the angel ascending and descending. And remember what Jesus said to his disciples. He says that from now on you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So the place where Jacob slept was not really a place. It was a person. 
it was Jesus concealed in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it was Jesus revealed. So he said to, he said to the disciples, he said, listen, that the, you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That was, that was the manifestation of this hidden altar in the time of Jacob. Now it has become manifest. And now the good thing is that Jesus said, I am in you. So the altar that was revealed is now in you. So it's not just revealed, it's concealed also in you. And now you become the embodiment of that altar. That's why the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So because the altar dwells in you, the ark of the Lord dwells in you. The Bible says wherever the ark went, there was victory. It, listen, they were crossing the Jordan with, 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 with uh, uh, how do you call it? Joshua. And the Bible say, set the priest to carry the ark. And when they hit the, the water, the water will divide. So there was a change of pattern. In the time of Moses, it was a stick that divided the waters. In the time of Joshua, it's the altar that divides the water. So what, what, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, that we have switched uh, from the old order to a new order. That Jesus being the son of God dwelling in us, tabernacling in us, we have become a living altar for God. So wherever we go, the water needs to part. The water needs to part. We are not like Elisha anymore that says, where is the God of Elijah? Uh, because the God of, a, of Elijah was not in the mantle. He was, he was controlling the mantle, but he was not in the mantle. But now we have come in, to a place where the God, of, 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 of the God we are talking about dwells in us. So we are not asking where is the God of Elijah anymore because the God of Elijah has been revealed is in us. So now we go with confidence and boldness. Hallelujah. You go with confidence, confidence and boldness. Wherever you drive, say, Father, because I'm driving in this street, it cleanses. Your grace. And then you, you release a sound. And then you release a sound. When you release a sound, I want to finish with it. I want to finish with this. Do you understand that it's proven? I'm not a medical person, but I read also. Okay. It's proven that when you have negative feelings, it affects your health. Okay, not just one negative feeling. When it becomes a pattern, it affects your health. It means you're creating a negative altar inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, have you realized that, that the people in the world call it energy? <laughs> they say that person has a negative energy. When it comes next to you, it's something is not right. They don't understand, it's not energy, it's the voice of the altar inside. So when the person is not living according to God's word and is taking God's anger, there's the altar of anger inside of him that is shouting. So when you come in his atmosphere, you hear the voice of that altar around you. And then they say it's a negative energy. Now... Now, the reason why the Bible says, let the word of God richly abide in you, is because the word of God produces a sound of life. Because it says, where the son of God is, there is life. So when you have the word of God in you, when you walk, there is an altar of life that is screaming life, 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 life. So when people come into your contact, they say, you, there is something beautiful about you. I don't know what it is. They don't know there is an altar screaming inside of you that is saying life, life, life. So when you entertain negative emotion, you have a negative voice inside of you. Hmm. 
So, so that's why when negative thought come, don't accept it because if you accept it with time, it will have a voice inside of you. And you will be controlled by those voices and now you say, when I want to do good, I do bad. No. <laughs> because you have allowed those things to dwell there for long and then it has created a spiritual, a spiritual connection so that the visitation that you have are not visitation of God anymore. That's why when you sleep, whatever you see, it, it's not God. So we can change that today. Hallelujah. I say you can change that today. So we can, we can come to a place. You can come to a place where we speak continually in the spirit. We speak continually in tongue because we are replacing we are replacing the wrong foundation with God's word. We read the word to, so the word, the word is planted in us so that the vibe that comes out of us is the voice of God. Yes. If you are a, star, a scholar of the Bible, you realize that the archangel that was called Lucifer, that now we call Satan, and the Bible says he was built of beautiful and precious stones. That was Lucifer. He was, he was a beautiful. The Bible says he was like, uh, like the tip of, of a creation in terms of beauty. Uh, I'm saying beside God himself. And that's what made him be arrogant and prideful. But what you should understand, when you study, you realize that, that the, the, the being of, of Lucifer vibrates sounds. So Lucifer was not standing there and saying, how great our... No, his being... Ah. So when he was walking in heaven, the being of Lucifer was resounding worship. When he fell into sin and he was corrupted, his being is reflecting evil. So when devil come in your room before even speak, you feel something is wrong. Because his being has been corrupted. Now, a Christian has received that ability to worship. So your whole being is screaming for God and praying. That's why the enemy wants to corrupt your emotions. Because when your emotions are corrupted, you function like him, you don't function like God. So he knows what can corrupt the worship. He comes and puts thoughts in you. He comes and puts anger in you. He comes and puts depression in you. He comes and puts things in you so that the voice that emanates from you will be a negative voice. But today I have an assignment. I have an assignment to overturn the rules of evil and now say we're going to scream mercy. 